T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Our guest this half hour is Dr. Luigi Romolo. He's a Minnesota State climatologist, and he's joining us now because we're, we're now into this meteorological winter. And while cold and snow are usually part of the equation, how much we get isn't always a given. Welcome, Dr. Luigi Romolo. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. So a meteorological winter, what is that? Yeah, so a lot of people, when they think about winter, they think about the time from the uh, solstice to the to the equinox. So basically from December 21st to uh, March 21st. But he, we know that here in Minnesota, winter typically starts uh, well before that winter solstice. So uh, climatological winter, particularly here in Minnesota, includes the months of December, January, and February. Okay. So the big question for Minnesotans is that we want to know what's going to happen in the next two or three months, right? When it comes to winter sure. and then going, yeah, what is going to happen? What do you expect? Yeah. So, you know, so it's really difficult uh, to forecast that far in advance. We rely on the knowledge that we get from very sophisticated uh, climate models that, that try to predict seasonal uh, forecasts like that. And so one that we typically like to rely on is the uh, seasonal outlooks that are put out by the Climate Prediction Center. And they're currently forecasting a slightly cooler than normal winter, December, January, February, and a slightly above normal snowfall winter. So, you know, slightly above normal precipitation. So colder than normal and snowier than normal, which is typically what we would expect in a La Nina winter. And that's kind of what we're uh, under the influence of right now. But uh, I'm going to say there's a very weak correlation between ENSO events and uh, winter here in Minnesota, but, you know, slightly higher than normal uh, on on uh, these types of events. We do tend to see a slightly cooler and a slightly snowier than normal winter. So that's kind yeah. of what we're expecting. We kind of expect that for sure. But here's my concern is that um, no matter how we keep hearing um, what is happening with the weather in the future, right, we can look forward even a a whole month from now and and assume or at least, you know, try to figure out exactly what's going to happen. And it doesn't always happen that way. So, you know, it used to be a time when I was growing up, you can, you know, go outside, put your finger up, you know lick it, and all of a sudden you know if it's going to (laughs) rain. Well, that's not the way it happens today. Of course, there's all of this technology. And I'm just wondering, are you satisfied with the the technology that we have today, considering how climate is changing? 
Yeah, I think you know, I think I think we're doing a much better job forecasting uh, the weather. You know, the day-to-day meteorological change and you know temperature and precipitation. Seasonal forecasts, we're just not there yet. Um, I'm going to be honest; it's it's a real uh, difficult thing to do. And I know that our forecasters out there uh, that work for NOAA and uh, other scientists in the atmospheric science field are doing their best. Uh, and, you know, we are slowly getting better at this, but uh, it's really difficult because uh, it, it really kind of depends on what's going on with the cold front and the circumpolar vortex. And, and it's so hard to predict that uh, more than, uh, you know, a week or so in advance. You know, I am so grateful that you said that. That is the truth. And as I look forward and, and I keep reading about what's happening around the country, I know central part of the country is, you know, there all sorts of things are happening. And one t- one minute we hear one thing from one meteorologist or a climatologist, and then we hear something else. Why is it that it's ever changing? Um, I, Particularly I really between people like you and others like you, you know, I hear from you one thing and I could hear from another climatologist something almost completely different. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I really don't know the answer to that question. I just try to, uh, you know, be honest and fair about what I what I believe is 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 the truth. And and you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go on record and say we are not good at seasonal forecasts. Uh, the reason we have them is because people want answers to these kinds of questions. And uh, although the answers are out there, you can't always rely on them. You kind of have to take them with a grain of salt. Uh, and the forecasters who produce these, they know that. They know that these aren't perfect. But, you know, the way to get better at this is to try to improve each month and try to get better at it. And if we're not making an effort, we're not going to get better at it. Have we ever been perfect at it? No. No, yes. we haven't even been perfect at uh, forecasting the day-to-day weather. So, um, you know, to, to say that we've been perfect uh, at the at, at the seasonal forecast uh, would would be false. Now you um you are your professional interests, I should say, center around data management, climate service, drought planning, and monitoring. Let's talk about drought for a moment, because I remember at the sure. beginning of of um, 2022, we heard from meteorologists, and they were saying we might have a little slight bit of drought, but it shouldn't be too much. And I know that it's very difficult to be spot on when it comes to meteorology or climatology. Um, so I'm just mm-hmm. curious to know: is it true? I mean, wasn't it worse than we thought? it would be uh yeah honestly if you had asked me uh, around this time last year uh, if you remember we were just kind of getting out of the 2021 drought and things were kind of improving and and we were thinking wow you know if we have a really good snowfall this winter and a lot of good rainfall in the spring then you know things could uh start to look up but uh and that certainly was the case uh, but uh, for some reason, we, we've just been really dry since since May. And, yeah, I, w- I would say that it's a lot worse than I would have expected it to be. You know, we ha- we've only had one above normal precipitation month here in the metro since last May. And that was Amazing. last month in November. And, you know, so a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the southern Minnesota is anywhere from six to ten inches below normal since then. And, and so... Uh, drought is 
you know, back at the forefront. It's a serious issue. It's very serious. And of course, we are looking at the Mississippi River, which so many states rely on, including Minnesota. Right. And it is remarkable. Mm-hmm. What is it, two miles now you can walk out um, to, to, to be at the edge of the Mississippi? Is something like that? Do you know how far it is people can walk out now on the Mississippi? I do not know the answer to that question. I know that uh, they're seeing uh, very low levels downstream. Um, and, and, you know, that's that's typically what you expect in uh, what we call hydrological drought, where it might you not you might not necessarily be experiencing meteorological drought at your location. But because it's so dry upstream, it's not uh, replenishing the river to bring that water downstream. So we are seeing the Mississippi River lower than normal uh, downstream from us because of how dry it's been here. So what can we expect over the next few months when it comes to climatology and meteorology? Yeah, well, again, you know, relying on those forecasts from the Climate Prediction Center, I I think at, well, I guess (laughs) I was going to say at worst, but it depends on your perspective. So, um, you know, I think at the very least, we're going to have an average winter with respect to precipitation. And so... Uh, the, the CPC, the Climate Prediction Center, is predicting uh, uh, wetter than normal December through February. So, uh, you know, uh, I think at worst we'll, we'll you know, end up at, uh, at about a normal winter for terms of snowfall. Uh, the key for getting out of this drought, however, is that we maintain the snowfall through the winter. We've had winters here where we've melted the snow you know, in January, and then we build it up again, melt it. Um, Retaining the snow over the winter is key because it helps replenish the soil come springtime. And so if, you know, that that, uh, snowfall is melting and running off, then, um, you know, it's going to dampen the effect of that above normal winter come springtime. Well, we've already had so many shocking um, shocking news coming from the South. I believe it was Alabama this week where they were th- being threatened with like 20 tornadoes or something like that. Do I have that completely wrong? But I know there was a southern state that was really uh, about to get hit with some tornadoes, and I think it was two days ago, but I haven't heard anything from it. Yet we are really hearing so much more about tornadoes in the South. And so I'm just curious to know, um, if, if it's in the South, will somehow that water get to the states that really need it, like Minnesota? Yeah, I'm not really sure I understand what you're asking me here with that okay. question with the so, tornadoes. and. So what I'm asking is that the southern states seem to have been really hit this year when it comes to water. Do I have that correct? Sure. Okay. Yeah. And as these tornadoes travel into central, the the center of the country, all the way up to the northern states like Minnesota, I'm just curious to know how we can benefit from that. Do we have new technology where one state can have flooding? And this is a question I've asked my family, and none of us are meteorologists, so I don't know why I keep asking my brothers. But, um, you know, where we don't have a way to take some a, a state like Georgia, who may have floods, severe floods, and we can't take that water and make sure it gets to other states that have drought. I'm just wondering, is there any technology that you are hearing about where there that's a possibility? Yeah, no, we typically rely on the, 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 the nature of hydrology. So, you know, uh, 
water falls in a particular catchment and then it collects into rivers and streams and, and that flows um, you know basically downstream into into larger rivers and um, you know for us it that that includes the Mississippi River so uh, you know flooding here will certainly help uh, those areas downstream where where it's typically right now lower than normal um, there's really uh, not a lot of uh, infrastructure set up to to transfer you know large amounts of water from one state to another if that's what you're asking okay yeah I've been really wondering about that if it's even a possibility um, because we've had so many severe dr- um, droughts and severe flooding in you know opposite ends of the country so um, I'm always thinking like that sir forgive me um, so if there is if people are wondering what is it going to look like for spring what would you tell us um, I would say that there's a pretty high probability right now that we could be facing some drought in the spring simply because of the situation we're in right now. Um, it's going to depend on how much snow we get over the next three months, whether we retain that snow, and then how much rainfall we get as the snow's melting and we move into you know, our liquid precipitation season again. So, you know, last year we had a little bit of lingering drought in the north, but because of the heavier than normal snowfall and the rains in the spring, we kind of eradicated all of the drought conditions. Um, I would say that uh, because of what's going on right now, there's a pretty high probability that we could see drought in the spring. Uh, Drought conditions do not change much here in Minnesota over the winter, typically Mm -hmm. because uh, we get into this winter lockup, what we call lockup. We were talking about, you know, the frozen state of water, lakes freeze, rivers freeze over. It's difficult for us to assess how big of an impact uh, the snowfall is going to have uh, because it's just sitting on top of the ground all winter. We don't really know how it's going to affect soil moisture. We know it will increase soil moisture, but we don't know if it'll increase soil moisture enough to eradicate drought, it certainly would improve it. But the more snow we get, um, obviously, the better our chances are to avoid that. All right, sir, this is my final question. The farmers, of course, were very concerned with this past season. And I'm just curious to know um, if you think it's going to be much better this year, this coming year, 2020. Yeah, I really really don't know. That's the million-dollar question. we simply do not know that the answer to that question. Uh, you know, so and using this year as an example, you know, we we were we were coming out of the 2021 drought uh, in the early part of the spring. We actually had some some severe flooding events up north. Um, it was way wetter than normal, and then all of a sudden, boom! Um, it just stopped raining, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, you know. Uh, Moderate drought started creeping in around the metro, uh, kind of expanded throughout much of southern Minnesota. We started seeing severe drought, and now we're uh, we're seeing some extreme drought. So we have a lot of uh, precipitation to make up for, you know, eight eight to ten inches here in the south. So uh, you know, we're really hoping that we get a a healthy snowpack this winter, uh, and and um, then we can perhaps better answer that question come spring. 
Absolutely, sir. I sure look forward to um, hoping that you would join me again to talk about this, because as we go into January, oh, sure. February, and March, yeah. uh, those are going to be the months when people are going to start asking some really big questions, and you are a great guy to answer some of those. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it, sir. Oh, my pleasure. All right. You have a good evening. You too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.